Hi, I'm Sandeep Kumar and welcome to this week's episode of Mastering Your Invisalign Business. Every week I go behind the scene with my guests, what is it like to be a dental entrepreneur? What does it take to build a successful business and how Invisalign that little piece of plastic has impacted their world? Let's get started. So my this week's guest is nothing short of an inspirational. He's one of the UK's youngest and fastest growing Invisalign providers. And I'm sure it's right to say he reached to diamond level quicker and faster than I know anybody anyway. And he's noted being one of the UK's emerging trailblazer in the world of dentistry. He's, he's huge advocate of technology in dentistry and has adapted a cutting edge digital workflows in his own practices. He also lectures for Align Technology regularly on how to build a digital dental practices and also many other subjects. Kunal has a huge presence, online and offline. His social media is one to watch, and his face and his opinion can often be seen in national press and on and on TV. And it's my huge privilege to have Kunal here. Kunal, how are you, buddy? I'm fine, thanks. And wow, Sandeep, that has to be the best intro I've ever had. <laughs> you gave me goosebumps. Well, you deserve it, buddy. You deserve it, right? <laughs> my mom will be you proud of that one. I'm going to take that sound clip. <laughs> There you go, man. Thank this, you. Is, this is exactly as I see you. So, yeah. Uh, buddy, and so, for someone like yourself to give me that intro. Um, thank you. Well, you deserve it, man. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> right. So, Kunal, let, let's let's talk about you. Talk us your background. Take us as far back as you can. Yeah. And tell us uh, how dentistry featured in your in your life. So, I didn't have the, um, the usual pathway of a UK dentist. So, I didn't do the best in my A-levels. I was too busy kicking out my cars and um, enjoying life, <laughs> putting my sound systems in and, you know. So I, I I didn't get the grades I needed to go into medicine. I was, I was always meant to go into medicine. Um, and so I went into biochemistry to do the BSc route to get in. So I did a year at Queen Mary's. After that year, I thought this is mind-numbingly not for me. And <laughs> yeah. there was a newspaper in front of me. I opened the newspaper and it said, become a dentist in Prague. And back oh, okay. then, so we're talking about what year is that? 2005, 2004, 2005. Um, you know, Prague was known as the stag capital of the world. I'd never been. <laughs> I was, um, a traditional Patel boy that all I did was studies. I never really went on many holidays and, you know, with friends holidays. Um, so I thought, let's do this. Mum and dad, buy me a degree. I'll get drunk and party and um, become a dentist. So <laughs> I flew out with my younger cousin who just um, finished his A-levels. He was a year younger than me. He got into pharmacy, not dentistry, like he wanted to. And we decided let's do dentistry. Um, Went out there, it picked us up, this minibus from Prague airport, and it started driving for about two, two and a half hours. And I was like, wow, Prague's big. <laughs> Where are we going? <laughs> Next thing <laughs> I know, we entered this town called Haradets Kralove. Um, right. Definitely not Prague. It was <laughs> like an untouched town, literally from the movies, Eastern European. Went to this hostel, this lady who barely spoke, English gave us a piece of paper. I said, this is your room. See you later. Someone will be in touch. Went up <laughs> to the room. Oh dear Lord. It was from, you know, 
coming from a well-pampered background, spoiled kid, um, <laughs> it was something different. There was a, it was the old traditional, you know, where you have a bathtub with a sink inside it and the toilet right next to it. It was nothing that we had heard of. Me and my cousin started crying, begged for mum and dad to let us come back home. My dad's was saying was, don't come back until you're a dentist. I don't want to speak to you or see you. Um, <laughs> we cried for a few more days and finally my mum and my uncle came out to visit us and my sister. They tried to um, clean up the flat for us, make us feel as comfortable as possible. A few days later, there was a few more of us international UK students who um, thought we were getting the high life and the party life. So it, there was about a community of us and there was 150 students in the first year. Um, within the first two years, you had to speak, read and write Czech. By the end of my tenure there, um, only about five or six of us graduated in our final year. So it was the total opposite of what I expected where it was, you know, mum and dad pay 10,000 pounds a year and I'll become a dentist quite easily. They were very strict. Um, it was called Charles University is an American led university. All of our exams mm -hmm. were oral based, not written. I could barely speak English, <laughs> let alone Czech. Um, so languages wasn't my forte, but I was really good at drilling. Um, Luckily, it came naturally to me to drill teeth and we managed to get through somehow. And I think that's what changed me. So the people that knew me before I left to who I was when I came back, I was a completely different person. Um, I think it taught me how to survive, appreciate what I have. Things can't come easy just because of mum and dad and what they've achieved in their life. I had to achieve my own life. Um, so I think the drive that I have today, thinking that anything is possible, comes from a combination of mum, dad, brother, and being out there in the Czech Republic for six years and having to graft hard. So I returned to England. I have a cousin who's really successful in the UK as a dental practice owner. He owns a chain of 50 plus practices. Um, so I thought, you know what? I'm not going to achieve that, but let me see the times have changed. Um, let me see what the world needs. So four years I was as an associate. I then in my local town found a dental practice. It was an NHS small little practice. Um, I took, I purchased my first clinic and I decided to bring Harley street to good old Sutton in Surrey. Um, because a lot, of, a lot of the locals, you know, growing up in the area at the local pubs, everyone used to travel to Harley street for these teeth. And I never understood why, um, I've always thought it was the best. And after doing a bit of research, I realized actually they're not doing anything different to what we can achieve here. So that's where love teeth was born. Um, big signage. We'd let everyone know what we can provide. And then 2017, I without realizing it became the first diamond provider within a year um, to achieve yeah. what I did. I didn't realize I'd done it. And that's when a lot of doors opened for me. That's when people um, wanted to hear who I was and what I was doing. 
And that's when Kunal landed in uh, in, in UK dentistry yeah. with a bang. <laughs> no, nobody wanted to touch me before then. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, so was that your choice to go in dentistry or uh, was your dad wanted you to do it? You, you know, uh, my dad had seven brothers and two sisters and I was the youngest of that side of the family. And yeah. my, I remember my eldest uncle when I was a little boy always you say Kunal's going to become a doctor. Kunal's going to become a doctor. So I I didn't know anything else. I I thought that was the only choice I had. I mean, I didn't become a medic. I chose mm-hmm. dentistry when we opened that newspaper just because it seemed like shorter and I saw what a great life my cousin was having um being a dentist compared to my cousins who were medics. They were still working yeah. hard whereas my um cousin had a good work family balance and it was being able to be a bit more of a businessman so yeah yeah so yeah so yeah science was something that I was always going to get into um and it was dentistry so what uh, kunal enjoys being the most is a businessman in dentistry or a clinician in dentistry i okay so currently i'm not clinical anymore it's been about a year okay. um uh-huh. that i haven't been clinical however i do miss it so I am the principal who fixes problems for other associates if there are any. So I am mm-hmm. clinical in that sense and I do the right. mentoring where if there's a certain treatment that any associates don't feel comfortable with, I will go in and do the treatment for them for them to learn or oversee them. So I do love dentistry. Um I I I love engaging with patients. I love communication. I think that's what made me successful. I I I was I was naturally decent at drilling but I think the communication side of things is what um yeah. helped me build the practice. Um yeah. so but business was always in my blood. My dad was a shopkeeper, yeah. my mum was a housewife who had a builder over once and 3 years later she owned that building company. Um so oh, I I realized that anything was possible and communication was key. Yeah, yeah. So how the, how the practice owner featured in your in your life. And I'd also like to you know discuss with you because Love Teeth Dental is a very eye-catching brand. Yeah. Where did that idea came from and uh, yeah, talk me talk me through the ownership and the branding. Yeah, so well when I bought that first NHS clinic, it was named like generically like most a lot of clinics in the UK are by the road Open name. So it was yeah, North yeah. Cheen Dental Practice. And I, oh, I, okay. I always knew that I I always wanted more than one clinic and that wouldn't really work. I was I loved marketing. I was always a computer geek growing up. I built my own computers. I loved technology and I, early on I sort of went into looking at branding and I looked at Tesco, Sainsbury's, Louis Vuitton, all of these companies. and one thing in common they had in their branding was a very plain and simple logo you know yep. not something that can be seen from miles away and you know you'll know what that is mm-hmm. so i think it was my dad that came up with love teeth obviously we played with loads of different um names oh is it was it his idea yeah i think i think we were brainstorming at home and i think my dad it was my dad that actually thought of the name love teeth it was strange right and yeah, yeah. um and it, it sort of stuck and i went bright pink to be eye catching in the local community big signage mm-hmm. i think i was the first one to put you know signage up that could be seen from outer space <laughs> and <laughs> you know 
I, I always knew that I wanted something that was eye-catching and I'll build a brand. I always wanted to build a brand. And that's where mm-hmm. I used Invisalign um, really heavily because I, I did a bit of market research and I realized that Invisalign was the biggest um, brand that was known in dentistry around the world. So wherever I wanted to put Love Teeth, I made sure lo- the Invisalign logo was there. So when did that start? When did you start your Invisalign journey? So... 2014, I bought the practice and I named it Love Teeth. I was then lucky enough. I was always Mm -hmm. trying to get my footing in the UK market, but nobody wanted to touch me except there was a guy called Payman from Enlighten. You you know him. Yeah. And honestly, I have to say, I owe a lot of what I achieved to that man. Um, He gave me the confidence. He is... He takes everyone under his wing. He's such a loving and um, not self-centered. You know, he's a very generous person. He came down to my little clinic where no one else, you know, would bother. And he spent some time with my team. And I saw his team. And I've never seen anything like it. The way he looked after Mm -hmm. his team. And I saw that a lot of what Enlightened success was, was its branding. Him as his nature of giving to his team and his team were something i mean they they were the first company that i ever heard of that said if you don't achieve a b1 shade we'll just send you another tube yeah yeah um Mm -hmm. and i think from that it set me off to build a team so love teeth was achieved by me first investing in the people around me um Mm -hmm. i invested a lot of time in them um, I, I built up a good, decent team. I didn't hire in managers or anything like that at the time. It was just those around me created a good, solid team and who who wanted the vision I wanted and um, had the passion I wanted. So these were my nurses. These were, you know, reception staff. And then six months in, Lucy came into my life, my wife. As yeah, she came yeah. in for an interview <laughs> as a dental nurse. And I think she was alongside payment the piece I, I was missing payment gave me the confidence in dentistry whereas lucy gave yeah. me the confidence in life um yeah because I, I was always a family guy always you know wanted a partner and being a little midget brown boy i never had that confidence and i think lucy just filled in that gap for me um yeah and so then we started building a team quite heavily and mm-hmm. I started doing fast braces. I don't know if you remember that oh, company. Yeah, yeah, of course I do. Yeah. So I was trained in Invisalign when I graduated in 2010, but I never did a case because of the whole lab bill was too high, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I became fast braces senior master affiliate, which meant I think I was the, the leading provider in the UK. And that was just through an NHS practice that we managed to achieve this. Then Invisalign came knocking on my door. It was Aaron Barnard. I don't know. He's high up in Invisalign <laughs> now. And yeah, he saw yeah, the yeah. big Fast Braces logo outside my clinic and said, why are you doing that? Let's do Invisalign. And he explained to me chair time was the biggest expense in my building. And to this day, mm-hmm. I still believe it's not materials. It's not wages. My biggest expense yeah. is chair time. And he yes. made me realize that I was spending 12 to 13 hours chair time doing fast braces, the traditional fixed braces. Whereas with Invisalign, I could cut that right down. And it's proven right. I mean, the chair time we spend with the patient now is about an hour from start to finish. And dentist time. 
dentist time. It yeah, it really right. did. Yeah. So we mm-hmm. he then showed me this um, this machine that simulated a smile straight, and he didn't have a yeah. machine on him. He just showed me a video concept, and I said, "I want that." If I'm going Invisalign, I want the scanner. So I purchased yeah. the scanner without even seeing it, um, and we brought an Itera scanner in, and. Three months later, I bought another three, and every single three, every single dental surgery in my clinic had an Itera scanner. Um, every mm-hmm. associate had it. We all had our own because quite early on, I realised this was the future. I didn't have to yeah. spend time building trust with the patient. The patient saw the outcome; they trusted it, and yeah, yeah th- and that's when it happened. So, twenty seventeen was the year, and, that's the venue, in, and Invisalign. Venue I have to say was a big success to that part of the journey. Yeah. So you know what what I have gathered is it's one hour dentist time. Yeah. That is very, <laughs> very exceptional. Yeah. So let's go right deep in okay, there. Fine. How did you manage to do that happen? What's yeah. your what's your patient journey? What's yeah. your workflow? Yeah. Uh, from you know when the lead comes in or somebody's interested in Invisalign, yeah. talk me through step by step yeah. what happens. Yeah. So, how the magic how the magic happens <laughs> so so yeah i think i think the the strength we have as love teeth is an efficient workflow i think that's what i my day to day life when i'm not clinical is working on efficiency and the patient journey so trial and error obviously the chair time now is an hour but you know it will, you know back in the day it was 2 hours when we started 2 and a half hours now the patient journey is a patient contacts us. I think what we have to remember is I do probably have the largest chair to team ratio in terms of auxiliary staff. We have okay. a lot of staff members. There's over a hundred of us. And that was before yeah. that was when I only had two clinics. And now, you know, we're about to have a fifth clinic within the year. Yeah. So it's growing. Mm-hmm. So this was only this workflow is only achievable with the help of the auxiliary staff. I call the donk, mm-hmm. uh, the dentist, the donkeys. They're not important. Okay. <laughs> They're just the donkeys. It's everyone else that actually fill in the gaps. So a patient mm-hmm. inquires. So that's via Instagram. That's via phone calls by seeing our signage, you know, word of mouth is still the biggest way of getting patients. Um, yeah. And a treatment like Invisalign has exponential growth. So, you know, you do one person's teeth to the best of your ability, it will expect exponentially grow. So anyway, a yeah. contact, a patient contacts us and straight away our team are trained to book that patient in within three days for a face-to-face examination. And they will also receive an email straight away, giving them information about us, the clinic and Invisalign. Mm-hmm. So already by the time the patient arrives, they would have seen visually what our clinic looks like, what a traditional yeah. workflow looks like, what Invisalign is, and a lot of information about us. So a bit of trust is there. They then mm-hmm. come in for a half an hour consultation. Within this consultation, a lot of it comes down to the flow of my clinic, how they're greeted. Everyone's greeted by a concierge. It's a nice, fresh environment in the dental clinic. It's not scary looking. And they're invited in and in that consultation with the dentist, the dentist will do the first iTerra scan. And that's the only scan. The first consultation is with the dentist. Yes. Um, Yes. I think, 
Okay, so we created a workflow where it was TCO, but there's a national shortage at the moment. Yes, there's not is. a national <laughs> shortage of dentists at the moment. So yeah, I'm speaking about the current workflow. Um, we've yeah, gone back to dentists yeah. mm-hmm. uh, okay. un- until this um, this becomes a better situation in the UK. So now mm-hmm. the first consultation is with dentist, nurse. Um, dentist will do the first scan with an itero. We have the most itero scanners in the country, so every chair has an itero. <laughs> they will scan. They will um, inform the patient of what's happening. That patient would then go straight into a treatment coordinator. By the time the patient okay. leaves the dentist's room, has an OPG, and gets into the TCO room, a treatment plan is already printed. We are fixed pricing, so mm-hmm. we there's no express, light, or comprehensive difference. There's no difference. Yeah. There's one price. The patient just pays for having the outcome that they always dreamed of having. Yeah. By the time the patient goes into the TCO room, there's a treatment plan printed. Um, the TCO is trained to go through IPR and attachments once again, any questions, yeah. but more importantly, the finance side of things. So we offer a pay-as-you-go option. We offer finance, yeah. interest-free option, or pay-upfront option. All that information yeah. is given to the patient there and then, and then the patient leaves. Um, they are then followed up by having the scan sent to them. So the iTero simulation will be emailed to them straight away. Mm-hmm. They would have done a smile view. So they will see an interpretation of what the smile potentially could look like on their face. Yeah. And what we call it is the next few hours of that day is the most important because that's when the energy levels high. That's when the excitement's high. That's when if they have to yeah. refer to a partner to get them on board, it's high. So we really want to keep the energy yeah. really high straight after that consultation to get them to sign up. Mm-hmm. And let's say potentially they have agreed. The next appointment would be to see, now it's gone back to the dentist, but originally it used to be TCO driven. Um, right. Because most of our treatments do no attachments and no IPR for the first set. Okay. Okay. So for the first, the first set, the first aligner, the first aligners, the first yeah. fourteen, because majority of our cases are light. Invisalign won't like yeah. me saying that, but um, they uh-huh. are. And the first set is to do no attachments, no IPR. And the reason for right. this is, I always look into the mental state of a patient and how to keep all the energy as positive as possible. And what I believe yeah. there's three negatives of Invisalign. The first mm-hmm. one is having to have a removable device, something to put in yes. and out. The second yep. one was these blobs in their teeth called attachments, which can be yep. uncomfortable and unsightly potentially. And mm-hmm. the third one was the fact of IPR. Patients don't like yes. being in a dental chair. They don't like the whole drilling process. So we just removed this from the first experience of the patient or early experience of the patient. So these patients Mm -hmm. are given aligners that are clear, the best, most comfortable they can do. And this is when my background in old school ortho came in where we used to do round round tipping. So we look for expansion first, we get the teeth where they are. 14 weeks later, the patient comes back for their refinement. At this stage, the patient's loving life because by three months in, they see a big difference. Okay. 
Yeah. At this stage, we can see which teeth are stubborn that need attachments. And yeah. we can then perform IPR at this stage. And the patient will let you do whatever they want in their mouth because, yeah, yeah, because they're not nervous the anymore. They've seen the difference. They see the end. And this is at this stage where we'll do the IPR if needed. This scan is taken by a TCA, uh, a dental nurse, a GDC registered mm -hmm. dental nurse. And the prescriptions then handed over to the dentist who will either prescribe um, attachments and IPR refinement or actually say the patient is ready to finish if, right. if the patient's ready to finish we send off for the wires the next appointment is when they actually see the dentist chair time half an hour yeah. chair time this chair time is used to remove any attachments if needed fit the retainer wires and scan for vivera the vivera is then right. handed over to a week later by again a tco and that's it. So literally the dentist spent the 30 minutes at the beginning for the consultation, yep. did one scan yep. mm -hmm. and at the end to fit the wires and remove attachments if needed. And that's it. Right. So is it fair to say that on average you do one set of refinements or additional liners per case? Yeah. One set usually every time. And we tell the patient right from the beginning. Um, right. If obviously there are going to be exceptions, okay? Uh, me and you know that we're clinical yeah. clinicians. Yeah. There's going to be some patients mm -hmm. that this won't work for. But what I found is ninety yes. percent of the patient it does work for, as long yeah, as we listen. Simple, yeah. As long as we mm -hmm. listen to their needs, you know. I think I think what we get worried about in UK dentistry is the orthodontists, okay? And the orthodontists, for me, and I, I may offend some, but they have one objective in their career that is to move every single tooth in that mouth in perfect alignment but yeah for us that's not why our patients are coming they just want anterior yeah. alignment unless they're retracting their cheeks and saying look this posterior crossbite really bothers me that's not yeah. that that's not something that we need to change because i truly believe that the classification system is outdated and if a patient can eat chew speak without any pain then we don't need to change that bite you know so, yeah. so I think this system works really well as long as we listen to the patients and we give them what they want. Obviously, clinically, something that we prescribe that we have. You know, this is what I always believe in is, you know, we should treat children idealistically and yeah. adults realistically. Yeah. You know, if adults want, if there's a two front teeth are bothering them, you know, and that's what we should fix. Yeah. I think, yes, our responsibility our duty is the care towards patient we need to make sure that they're aware of everything yeah and as long as you know that's what's bothering them that uh, then that yeah. that's what we do <laughs> and and obviously yeah. and, and, and like from everything that we said is you know you, you know it better than me it, it's, it's nothing genius it's nothing special we're literally just simplifying things and undoing a bad habit that we have as a profession which is over complicating things right and yeah, yeah, by yeah. creating and having this mentality, um, that's how I've managed to grow Love Teeth as a practice, right? Because these are really efficient workflows, easily taught. And yeah. that's why this year I decided to open five clinics in one year. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, so let's talk about that then. So. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk, you, you, you started it, not me. Oh, so yeah. so what's, what's, what's the future of Love Teeth? Yeah, so we start. And what 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 made you to go so big so quick? Yeah. 
let's talk about your mindset and you know i'm sure listener will so, listeners will they, they look upon you and they want to learn how what how your mind works yeah i i think everyone always believes that you must have a a plan and you must stick to the plan i've never been that sort of guy i am a impulsive go getter i you know i have an idea and i think you have to adapt with the times this plan was not in my mind you know 3 years ago 2 years ago okay mm-hmm. or maybe 2 years ago is when it came to light but what i found is chin our main love teeth was probably one of the most profitable clinics out there in terms of what we put in um it yeah. out wise and we achieved something really good and i really mm-hmm. um could have stopped at that stage and had a um nice comfortable next to comfortable life yeah, after that, yeah. Uh, with my family and and seen them but what i decided to do is i i saw a fundamental problem with uk dentistry and that is how i don't like it the fact that you go to 50 different dentists and you have 50 different treatment plans and mm-hmm. and and this persona of, of the general public on dentists is a negative impact that we have you know maybe that's the media or some things that you know dentists have done well, it who knows better than you you've been in the media quite, <laughs> quite a lot recently exactly. so yeah you know you know better what uh, exactly. what the public perception is exactly. out there exactly and so so my agenda and what we were doing with love teeth was something that was so simple it was providing care to the dentist directly it was using digital and ai technology and what i've noticed is there's so much coming out right now okay and yeah. i think this is how to future so I then decided okay my legacy I want to leave behind is to change UK dentistry for the better for the patient's mm-hmm. sake but also the dentist's yeah. sake because you know we is is not you know I think we just accept the fact that our pr- profession has the highest suicidal rates in the world mm-hmm. and we think and it's the ex- most stress rate yeah <laughs> and and we think is acceptable but it really shouldn't be something that we accept right and yeah. I think if we just simplify what we do we use the technology available this should be possible so my mission was that i would repeat what i do at team over five clinics within a year to yeah. make sure that it's something that is repeatable and easily doable for others so yeah i opened five clinics in in the same area near each other you know i didn't want to expand too far um and i opened it with this but this time i built clinics around the workflow rather than okay. adapting the workflow around the building i built buildings mm-hmm. around my workflow so the patient has a yeah. nice streamlined visit through the room so every surgery has a tco pod connected to it has an opg room nice and close and so that the patient flow is nice and efficient and it's airy doesn't look dental we don't really have um, waiting rooms we have just a, a greeter concierge service um yeah. patients are dealt with by tcos more than anyone else um yeah and so i'm up to clinic number i've opened 3 there's another one that's opening next month which is love teeth kids So that is only aimed okay. at children, pediatric dentistry and Invisalign uh-huh. team. 
And again, why did I decide to do that? It wasn't in my plan years ago when I started this, but mm -hmm. I'm always got my ear to the ground and listening what the public want. And yeah, the, where the demand there's is. There's a demand in children, yeah. you know, and obviously I became a father. I've got a four-year-old, I've got a 13-year-old, I've got another baby on the way. And yeah. I think to myself, who would I get to treat my kids? <laughs> would it be me? Yeah. Probably mm -hmm. not, right? Yeah, if I look at yeah. my associates, they're always trying to turn away kids, you know, they don't feel mm -hmm. confident enough. Yeah. So yeah. I listen to the local public and we're opening that. And then there's one more, which will now probably be early next year. And they're all around the, the same principle, patient experience and efficiency of workflow. So all those three new ones are open this year? Yeah, or? yeah. So four will be open this year. Well, you, you still look quite relaxed and it seems like you're enjoying <laughs> life. So you must have done something right. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I gave up clinical dentistry. I mean, I knew I, this wasn't going to be possible if I'm treating patients, having the stress of dealing with that patient and continuing to have someone in my ear saying, now the compressor has broken or this has broken. Yeah. So I, I, you know, it was difficult for me and, you know, my parents weren't happy with me giving up clinical dentistry. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, it's a big risk, but I, I believe if, if, if you think things through and you truly believe in something and you've got a team around you that believe in your craziness, um, I think yeah, it's yeah. anything is achievable. And I got that from my mum, right? She became yeah. an owner of a building company from a housewife just from that. And yeah, anything yeah. is possible, I believe. So you mentioned about, you know, Lucy, your wife, I've had a privilege to meet her yeah. a couple of times recently. I think there was a time we were meeting like every week. So. Every week, me and you. Uh. <laughs> you. You said that, you know, she's like a confidence in your, yeah. in your life. So what, what role Lucy is playing in the business, yeah. how the work dynamics is and how do you, how do you make sure that you're not talking about <laughs> work in your bedroom? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so she, she came in as my nurse. Um, originally, um, job interview, you know, that whole story, we don't need to get into that, but she, mm -hmm. she gave me a different vision on dentistry and as principals, as dentists, we don't think of it as she, you know, the way she saw herself was one of the patients, one of the public general public. And she made things very, she helped me simplify what we do. Um, she made me realize that, you know, what we do isn't the most, we're not doing open heart surgery. You know, we're not saving yeah. lives. We're doing teeth and we should, um, respect every patient from, she, she, she let me visualize how to simplify things. So there was a concept mm -hmm. called ABB, which has been around for a yeah. while. And she goes, why don't we just call it ABC that, you know, the general public will understand that a lot better canal. And then, you know, ABC yeah. kicked off and now everyone just calls it ABC. And, you know, yeah. that's just a prime example of what she did. And, but what she also made me realize was respect and appreciate dental nurses and the auxiliary mm -hmm. team. And yeah. I don't think I would have really appreciated what they did. Um, if she wasn't there to sort of open my eyes to it and realize that if I was going to make be successful, I had to invest in them. So she, you know, she does little things like keeps our yeah, girls yeah. toilet stocked up with antiperspirants, 
ladies things you know even little yeah. because our uniform is little white ankle socks with trainers and high you know she provides socks you know for our yeah. girls you know is the little things that she's always done which keeps morale well and uh, she she's like she's like a big big sister yeah. big sister for the for them really uh, to to look after them and putting a yeah. putting a hand on their shoulder yeah, she, and she uh, is and you know making she, sure they're okay she she honestly is that sort of person that they know i might be the angry scary angry wolf guy but they know that lucy's yeah. always got protecting them you know um she'll understand yeah. and you know she can get a bit more involved emotionally than i need to um and relate to them probably at a better level yeah you know perfect recipe is yin and yang right yeah. you 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 complement each but, other's uh, strengths yeah. and uh, strengths and weaknesses but, you know you, you did say um how do we stop talking about teeth when we get home right and yeah. and it was difficult we used to and you know you argue a lot because you have differences yeah. and you're at work together and then to go home together so we now actually have a rule that we don't discuss you know any real politics at work you know she's involved in all of the group chats that we have we we, we communicate a lot as a team via whatsapp yeah. um mm-hmm. she's involved she oversees it and if we communicate at home about work it will be very short short lived and that's about it we we really yeah. made it a conscious effort that we don't bring work home yeah 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 that that's it man i think that's the you, you know you met my wife a couple yeah, of times yeah it's the same you know, for she, you right she's 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 involved but you know it's very it's very important to have a clear boundaries you yeah. know when we're talking about work and yeah. uh, and we're not yeah as i said earlier kunal that you know your online and offline presence is quite amazing for yourself mm. and your brand so how, how do you take care of that how does lucy looks after that or you or so, how do you what's your social strategy so i think um i think we were the first no we were the second clinic on instagram in the uk i think kelish how is it i think kelish salanki was the first with kiss dental is that the kiss dental, kiss dental. Yeah. He, he, mm-hmm. he was really strong and mm-hmm. we were an early adopter of that and i guess the only reason why i was really confident with instagram or participated was lucy she used to do a lot of um she used to be a personal trainer as well when she was a nurse oh, okay. and mm-hmm. she had a really big social presence so i sort of learned from what she was doing and i built the love teeth account um on instagram yeah. and what i found is that was something that couldn't be outsourced it had to be personal to us and we mm-hmm. created I think a lot of success with Love Teeth came through our Instagram social marketing um yeah where we kept it real we we gave a window to the public to look into who we are it humanized me as a dentist it also mm-hmm. made them comfortable with what the clinic was like and what we offered it was like a brochure and yeah. it was fun i mean you know there, there was a period i remember quite early on that you lucy always played pranks on me she always it was her thing <laughs> and we used to document yeah. it and you know people really engage and i think i think that's how it happened so instagram and even to this day is mainly myself and lucy okay we have mm-hmm. from a year or two ago um we have our internal marketing team now so we have a videographer wow. 
we have a, mm-hmm. a social media marketing lead with a proper background full-time that work with us. Oh, so you got a videographer in-house yeah. now, is that right? Yeah, a full-time videographer oh, okay. and that. Because yeah. if we talk about the progression of the world, right? So, yeah. you know, even in dentistry, if we relate to dentistry, it was first you communicate to the patient that you have a big hole in your mouth. And the first way of telling that patient that was verbally. And then that evolved in showing them in a mirror. Then it evolved yeah. into intraoral camera and still pictures. Yeah. And now yes. that's evolved into videography with an iTerra scanner, right? That's right, yes. And I feel now social media is the same. Still images are going. Now it's all about videos. Um, so I like that. I like that. I think that's that's a very refreshing way of uh, of looking yeah, at things. Now I like that. And and that's why we have a videographer. So now I was, but I, I would recommend if you are a small single clinic owner. Social media has to be yeah. run by you if you can't really do it yourself, but a team member. Um, it can't mm-hmm. be outsourced, I don't think. I think Facebook, Google Analytics, that can all be outsourced. But something like Instagram, TikTok yeah. has to be personal, has to be in-house. If as a principal, you know, you don't feel comfortable, maybe one of your nurses or receptionists feel comfortable doing it. But I think that will always stay in-house. Do you think this skill can be learned or taught or either you got it or you don't got it? Yeah. Because I meet with lots of dentists and, you know, I'm running these uh, mastering Invisalign programs every other week. Yeah. And I get, you know, 15 people every two weeks and some got it and some don't. And, you know, they're just nervous or they're fearful. It's, so what's, what's, your, what's your take on that? It's confidence, right? They just don't feel confident. So yeah. every time I do any speaking event, I, uh, I ask a show of hands, um, who's on Instagram, who has an Instagram account and they put their hands up. And then I say, mm-hmm. how many of you post dentistry or have a business account? And all of a sudden yeah. all the hands go down. Then I ask yeah. how many of you would like to do it? And the hands go back up and majority of the yeah. time yeah. it is because they just don't have the confidence to put that first photo out there. And that is because they mm-hmm. believe their work isn't good enough. Then I say to them, look, yeah. if you look at the photos that I we post, we don't do intraoral retracted photos because to be honest, I don't even want to see my my <laughs> my composite fillings that close up. And nor does the patient. They can't <laughs> relate to it. Yeah. Unless you truly want to be a dentist for other dentists. So you want to treat mm-hmm. other dentists, then okay, yeah. you, you must have this high intention but my aim my objective in life when i was treating my patients wasn't to be the best dentist in the world like dipesh parma etc that wasn't mm-hmm. I, I knew i would never be but my ambition was always to be the best dentist to my patient in my patient's eye yeah. to be there to, and how mm-hmm, was i going mm-hmm. to do that by giving them what they wanted in, a, in the right want. way yeah so I, what I say yeah, is, take, yeah. don't take retracted photos, take full face photos from a human distance, take photos like this yeah. and post them. And don't worry about what another dentist will say about your work. You don't want that dentist to be your patient mm-hmm. anyway. So don't try and relate to another dentist. Just think about your patients. And what I found by when yeah. I try and explain it like this is after the first two photos, 
all of a sudden it became so much easier. A lot of people don't like yeah. opening them up about themselves. And you know what? I, I put a lot of my personal life on social media. I didn't have two different profiles of love teeth mm. and myself. Um, and the prices that I paid for it most recently, I've paid for that. But, um, the, the whole agenda was that I wanted to relate to every patient in every way possible by showing my life. Yeah. And it, you know, now Love Teeth is there. I can hide now. And now me, Lucy, the kids, yeah. we're, we're stepping away um, and we're letting the team take over. But I think when you're small, I think keep it to yourself and just be true to yourself. I mean, you know, you don't have to copy anyone else's social media. You can be your own, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it. You know, learn from other people how they're doing it, what they're doing. But you know, this is this is your story. You can't you can't copy yeah. somebody else's story. And uh, and and you know, the message is loud and clear from you. Really, is you know, take that first step. Take yeah. take that, put that first picture up, isn't yeah, it? I mean, and I, that will lead to the second and the third. And I've I've heard your podcast and your life story, and you know, it it you know, I have achieved even very close what you have, but your story, you know. We all have our own stories. And I think I was asked in a podcast recently, what would you change or tell your 10 year old self advice you would give your 10 year old self at a young age? And I actually said yeah. nothing because where I am now, I wouldn't be if I did anything different. Um, yeah. As I said, I didn't have the easiest lives, but you know, just. Yeah. You know, <laughs> life is a journey, right? Yeah. It's it, yeah. these opening first clinic second clinic these are the steps in the ladder and you know who knows that uh, love teeth dental may have 100 practices yeah. five years down the line yeah. and if that happens then then amazing and if it doesn't then you know exactly at I least mean, you, you're enjoying what you're doing and and as, as i said i could have stopped at one and still probably been more successful than i may be having six clinics right so it's yeah, not about yeah, quantity yeah. i think the reason why i've done this is because i want to create a a gold gold standard digital workflow that I can then yeah. give to the dental world, give to all the clinics to copy and replicate in their own way with their own uniqueness to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, using digital technology, yeah. and I think that's the only reason why. Yeah, Kunal, it seems like you and me can talk about Invision Line probably rest of the afternoon. So. Uh, well, you are. <laughs> let, let's talk, let's talk a little bit about you to you know okay. finish off with a couple of couple of questions. Okay. Uh, Assume that you were stuck in a desert island. I know Lucy will be there, and I know Quick Kids will be there, and I know you've got a new one on the way. Yeah. The reason, the, what I'm getting to is, you know, who inspires you? Who would you like to spend time with? Who would you like to have uh, have with you on that island? I think, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're right. I, I, I would say the kids, um, but we're, we're not including the kids at this stage. Um, <laughs> I, I, I would probably say... Um, who right now I'm intrigued about and I would like to pick their brains probably someone like Elon Musk. Um, just because oh, yeah. it's just because I want, because he's so futuristic and he knows things that we don't know yet. And I like, I love to be ahead of the curve. As you know, I, lo I love digital. I always, I want to try and be the early adopter. So someone like him, um, and his visions and, you know, I, I would love to go to space, you know, <laughs> I would love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, that's quite authentic answer, actually. But what you're doing is, you know, you're, you're changing, 
you know what you said is you know you want to change the way dentistry yeah. is done for I'm, the profession I'm, and for the dentist I, right i have two passions in life or three i have my kids cricket and um space so my dream is for my son to play cricket on the moon you know something crazy <laughs> you know? but yeah you never know right you got to you got to learn to dream first <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that, that's that's only when when they when they come true really <laughs> Yeah, I know that that's good man, that's good. Elon Musk. Kunal, it's been it's been great man, honestly. As I said, you know, we can sit here and talk talk rest of the afternoon. Yeah. But I'm sure you got things to do and uh, really appreciate your time buddy. No, thank you Sandeep. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks. No, it's been a privilege man. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Mastering Your Invisalign Business. For more inspiration and to find out how you can build your business with Invisalign, visit drsandeepkumar.co.uk.